Hello and welcome to the captain's table, ladies and gentlemen. We're in a very festive mood today. Um, welcome. Uh, it's the end of IAE. Not technically. IAE goes on until the 30th, but this is being recorded on the 26th. So we still have some time left. And if you're watching this on the Monday when this releases, you will uh, still have some time to go enjoy it. But all of the major releases and announcements have been made. Uh, we're just down to the kind of last major day of, of Best in Show. And then the rest of it's all kind of a nice wrap up. Uh, so we're going to talk a lot about IAE overall. Uh, for, for those of you who've never been to a captaincy before, this is a podcast where we talk about Star Citizen just in general um, and other things as well. But uh, with that being said, let's introduce the two folks who are coming and joining us today. Mr. Tree311, 0311, who are you? What do you do in Star Citizen? Where can they find you? Hey, everyone. I'm Trio311. Um, you may have seen me when we did the 24-hour captain table, uh, captain's table for charity. and twice. <laughs> yeah yep i did it twice i did oh i forgot about the second one yep um that's how tired i was uh yeah. and i've also been on captain sale before paul and i have done uh, at least one lore citizen before definitely need to do another one that was fun yes um but yeah i so i i have two podcasts that i host um 07 to everybody who who watches and listens but i do uh the pathfinders with nazareth who is going to be on today but unfortunately couldn't get off of work because of uh, holiday season. And um, he and I do deep dives into it, basically anything and everything development of Star Citizen. Um, and so we just go through and we find you know, find something that's what we say nebulous. And we go through and we find all the information we can and then we present it to you, the backers. So that way you can you know inform your expectations appropriately you know, and, and uh, have a better understanding of how things are, are coming along with the project. Um, we also read the monthly reports and, and do the roadmap roundups uh, along with the shiny tracker dot app um, reports. Uh, if you're not looking at shiny tracker, not using that in order to inform your expectations, do so now you'll feel yeah. so much better about what's going on. Yeah. Uh, um, it's the, the, the developers reach out to me multiple times and ask me to look at it them, them myself. So it's well doing mm -hmm. stream because it's, because I don't tend to pay attention to much of the progress reports because the progress tracker in my mind, isn't really a tracker of progress. It technically is. I have a, me and Ray have the same opinion on this one, but I get why it's important. And for those of you mm -hmm. don't, who don't use it, it tells you the Delta, the change of upon which things have happened, how much things have progressed, how much they have not. So you have a real kind of good granular idea of what is going on behind CIG's walls um, in terms of these things they're working on. So if you really want to figure out what's going on, you read the monthly report and then you use that tracker. So you have an, you can kind of yeah. compare them one side to side and see what, where they're at. So. And Jake will tell you that the progress tracker doesn't do everything that he wants it to. Um, it's limited in what it is able to present. And there's a whole bunch of metadata that's behind it that you, you don't see. And unless you use shiny tracker dot app, you can't, you can't see that metadata. Mm -hmm. And so it gives you a lot better uh, understanding of, of what things are being worked on. The other podcast I do is um, armchair admirals and generals just started, just had our second episode a couple of weeks ago. Um, episode three will be, we're looking, it's probably going to be the first uh, in the evening on the first, cause that's the last day we can do it before the end of the year. Um, but Atira Kell and Nightcop, who will be on Captain's Table next Saturday, yes, um, are my partners on that one. And we look at the aspects of Star Citizen um, from our shared military perspectives um, and just uh, you know how we sort of see things, you know, what we like and what we don't like um, about different aspects of Star Citizen based off of our different 
um, backgrounds from uh, our military experience. So it's a lot of fun. Um, and uh, yeah, twitch.tv slash tree0311. Um, YouTube, just do the at trio311 thing. Thanks yes. God they added that. Um, <laughs> so everyone can have and, like, their own custom names rather than having to wait 100, yeah. 100 for subscribers to get that done. So yeah, because I'm 70, I'm at 70 subs, so I'm almost there anyway. Yes. And Go then sub- tw- it's the it's tree oh three zero three one one dash sc on twitter um so if you go look at my twitter right now you'll see my my rants <laughs> from today regarding all the the galaxy stuff and ship production so. <laughs> all right uh yeah the the armchair generals and uh um uh, admirals is a pretty cool idea so especially if you're in the middle of the military mindset if you come from like a military background you can either agree or swear at at tree and and, and crew which is very very military anyway, so. <laughs> we drink booze and talk about Star Citizen. It's fun. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. And next we have Mr. Astral Gemini. Who are you? What do you do in Star Citizen? And where can they find you? Hi, I am Astral Gemini. I'm not nearly as interesting as 30311. Um, <laughs> You're wearing the right shirt. You're on the yes, right Yes, I am. Uh, You're the pioneer. Yeah. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just a dude. I play Star Citizen. Um, I make... Uh, I, I've been working on making guides like component <laughs> guides and stuff for the various like starter ships um just as resources for newer players and stuff like that trying to get some of that stuff out there um and then also just play the game usually usually ends up in disaster which is which is kind of a meme among my chat and stuff cuz i always try to play the game lawlessly and yet i end up going to prison almost every single stream somehow <laughs> so <And> lawfully <laughs> all... <laughs> yeah so you're totally legit legit, and then you end up in jail yes yeah exactly exactly so um yeah uh yeah so check out my uh my youtube channel just astral gemini on youtube there is a space between astral and gemini which uh which apparently still works if you type it into the into the youtube bar yeah. i don't know how that works but um but yeah i i post videos on youtube also stream on youtube do everything on youtube i used i also have a twitch but uh i only stream on there occasionally yeah check them out um yeah uh let's get started with the discussions let's talk about the new ships that just came out for IAE, we've got the Cutter, we've got the C8R, and we got the Galaxy, which is in concept. Two of them going straight to flyable, and then the Galaxy was a concept. Mm-hmm. Astral Gemini, your thoughts? Did you last one talk about it? What's your thoughts on those three ships? Goods, bads, that kind of stuff. All right. Uh, where, which one do you want me to start with? Uh, whichever one you want to start with. Uh, All right. Let's start with the Cutter. Okay. Then. You did, you I, did, you did do those, those new starter guys. It's a perfect ship to talk about. Yeah, so, yeah, I love the cutter. I like, like, I think the cutter might actually be my favorite, uh, starter ship now. Um, I think it's, I think it's just a fantastic little ship. It's really, really good looking and kind of like a, a chunky kind of way. Um, it it flies fine. I think the the things that make it really great for a starter ship um, is the fact that it doesn't have very many components, and most of the ones that it has are like good enough to work. So 
getting it there there's not a whole lot that you need to change out in order to make it like um to bring it up to spec you know um and because it has so much fuel you can you can spend all the money that you that you save on you know not having another shield not having very many guns just put it all into getting just like the fastest quantum drive you can because it has so much fuel that you can get that quantum drive and use it without repercussions because you can make it uh, across the verse. I think it's, uh, I believe with the, um, is it the, the XL1, I think, is yeah. the fastest one for that size. Uh, I believe you can make it across, like, uh, ac all the way across Stanton 4.78 times before okay. needing to refuel. With that drive, which is pretty crazy for a ship that small. Um, yeah. Chad is also mentioning that the, the fuel is, is, is a bug, but yeah. they've even said, CIG has even said in, its, yeah. in, in their statement that they want it to be to have the yeah. most quantum fuel out of any of the other starters. So that, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. And it, it'll, it'll probably change, but as of, right, as of right now, it's probably the best runabout in the verse mm -hmm. um it's got plenty of room living spaces a bed a toilet everything like that so yeah i really like the cutter um and then the corsair which is also new uh corsair is interesting um i think that the i i i ran a poll um on on like the youtube community posts thing to see people's feelings on the corsair and they were pretty divided most people said that they really liked it um and i believe a lot of people also said that they thought it needed to be nerfed i don't think it needs a nerf because the handling is bad enough that it kind of offsets that insane frontal firepower that it has which is absolutely insane frontal firepower i think probably the best frontal firepower for uh for a ship at least for like the amount of people that it needs to crew it um especially if you if you load the pilot guns up with uh like ballistic gatlings you can just tear through things so that's pretty cool um but it does have it does have some flaws which are the the um the like back half of the sides of the ship the rear of the ship and especially the bottom of the ship are almost completely unprotected because the way that the turrets are placed um just gives it really really poor protection in those areas so as long as you're not directly in front of the ship you're you should be fine which i think gives it a really interesting role as like the pirate ship right because mm -hmm. I think a lot of people were exploration thinking would, ship. Yeah. Exploration. <laughs> for people's cargo bases is, yes. is what we say. Um, or other people's organs. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Exploring other people. Gonna go find points yeah. of interest in your yes. stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um but I think I think a lot of people are concerned that it that'll it'll just be kind of like the the be all end all like combat ship. Mm. But I think it fills a really uh, a really interesting role where it's it's probably going to lose to any competent pilot in any ship that is more maneuverable than it. Mm. Um, because aside from the frontal firepower, like the turrets only have twin size twos and just the way that the turrets are placed have pretty poor coverage ever, uh, anywhere that isn't the front of the ship. 
but any ship that is bigger and slower than it is probably going to be a cargo hauler. Yeah. Which is the kind of ships that you'll probably be mostly targeting in the Corsair. It bullies cargo hauls. So, yeah. <laughs> so it, it kind of... Uh, it, it kind of incentivizes if you are going to be in a cargo hauler. Now that the Corsair is in the verse, that thing is going to be extremely powerful to, um, to, you know, for pirates to go and take out those cargo ships. You might want to start thinking about maybe getting a fighter escort or two, especially yeah. if, uh, and especially if the Corsair isn't crewed, um, it, it, loses it loses like completely all defenses to the sides and and the rear as well so uh so i think that's i think that's really neat um it's got some interesting features on it too i like the elevator i like the levers that actually like pull when you yeah uh when you pull them um, push an like the elevator that flick. goes up to the roof where there is no gravity so if the ship is moving at all you just fall off and die <laughs> that's pretty funny um yeah We're getting it's... up onto the roof <laughs> when do we get our hawaiian shirts and our flip-flops <laughs> and our folding chairs to go hang out up there and have yeah. ourselves you know a, a fruity Monster cocktail <laughs> yeah there's there's a feature that someone pointed out um on one of my streams which is there is a there is an mfd panel on the floor yes <laughs> which at which actually functions so that's that's a that's a neat touch gives it it make the whole thing it, it's very drake i think it's the most drake drake ship in the game that we have right now oh yeah um and it's it's fan it's fantastic just like visually um it's it's a it's a great ship to be in it it really feels like it just a massive piece of shit and i love it <laughs> um it's it's not a ship I, I i feel like it's not a ship that i would pull out as like a daily driver just because it's it's so big and slow and um and kind of cumbersome to drive and it doesn't have all that much cargo capacity um but when you when you just want to go and like blow stuff up the corsair is just fantastic for that so there's kind of my thoughts on the Corsair. Sorry, I've taken up half the podcast. You're good. You keep, keep, you keep going. We got plenty. You got plenty of. This is this is what this podcast is about today. It's basically ships. So, uh, well, how about the gets all the points? I sit here and drink. <laughs> what about yeah, the C8R? Was, the C8R. I love the C8R. I I love the Pisces. I've always loved the Pisces. I think the Pisces is a great little ship, and the C8R. The C8R. I think is the best pisces that we have now um i i love the little lights on the exterior uh i love the i love all the new paint jobs they gave it um i love that interior space that they have which the pisces is a is such a small ship but the interior is shockingly roomy like the amount of stuff that they've been able to fit in that like it's got it's got a tier three med bed it's got like a, a like a sink it's got a little like kitchenette fridge thing with food and free med pens free drugs it has free drugs in it drugs <laughs> like like it's and um and it still has one of the jump seats that you can have a medic come with you you know for the pilot and it's still it's still a Pisces. It's still tiny. It's a snub ship. 
you can fit it in so many places that most other ships wouldn't be able to fit just because it is so tiny but still has a quantum drive. I really love the Pisces. I think the C8R is fantastic. I know that there uh, there are some people in my Discord who have been just super excited for that ship to come out because because it's just so much more convenient to to pull out for like medical purposes than like a cutlass red or a carrick or an 890 jump which up until now have been the only medical ships that we have um it's it's just really nice to fly it's adorable um yeah i i really like the c8r i think it's a fantastic idea it kind of caught me by surprise because out of all the ships i would have expected to get a medical variant the pisces was not one just because it is so small but now that i think about it it makes sense it's just a teeny teeny tiny little ambulance it's great uh what are your thoughts on the galaxy from what you've seen so far (sighs) the galaxy all right (laughs) okay let me get get into this so yeah. this is so this is I no not negative. All right. So <laughs> so I just have my instinct is always to let out a great big sigh whenever CIG mentions anything about modularity. Yeah. Because because to me it feels like it feels like they talk about modularity and then try to do everything they possibly can to avoid modularity. So whenever something new that has modularity gets announced or introduced as like concept or stuff, I always think, oh, there's another ship that's not going to come out for 10 years because because modularity is such a big thing that they need to figure out, right? Uh, obviously, the concept of modular ships is cool, but the... Um, just just the imp- actual implementation of it, I'm not sure is going to happen really anytime soon. I know there have been like rumors that the galaxy is actually in active production, but um, I, I guess we'll have to see stuff like that. I know the Retaliator, the Carrick, uh, the Caterpillar is supposed to have some kind of modularity and then obviously the Endeavor. But um but it, it just feels like that's whenever something that has modularity in it is announced, it it, it always feels like something that is that's a lot m- further away mm-hmm. in the development pipeline than just like just like another ship. Like if the like if they had announced the galaxy and just said, hey, there's going to be like three different variants of it. Then I then I could be like, oh, I could see I could see those variants being released within like a couple of years, something mm. like that. But with modularity added to the picture, I feel like it just makes it so much more complicated. Um, and and I think I think there's a lot of people that kind of share that sentiment that that you know modularity is just one of those things that like like it's it's a really cool idea in theory. Mm-hmm. But th- but the actual implementation of that just feels like it's it's years and years and years down the line for even like a tier zero uh, implementation of that. So, but as far as the galaxy itself, I think it's a neat looking ship. I really like that uh, triangular look. Um, obviously, people love the Perseus because it looks like a mini star destroyer, and the galaxy has that same you know very similar shape. 
oh, to the, the to the Perseus. It's a it's a spicy space Dorito. Spicy space Dorito. The funny thing is that I was actually looking at all of the ships that are the capital ships for CA uh, that that for RSI, all except for the Bengal are space Doritos. The Perseus, yeah. the Pisces, uh, or the Perseus, the uh, the Polaris, and now the Galaxy. So anything that's bigger than a constellation is a space Dorito, or space is a space triangle. Yeah, uh, and I think yeah. they're all they're all like been triangle. developed by Gavin. So they're all developed by the same person. He's yeah. <laughs> Gavin. Why do you like triangles so much? That's the question. Gavin's ever. favorite food is taste yeah. by guacamole because it's not a square. Because <laughs> it's yeah. not a square. <laughs> Oh, uh, all right. I could listen to Gavin talk but about ships all day long. He's space. So <laughs> yes. We've we, we got to have more space in our spaceship. Yeah. That's in space. Yeah. But, um, and he has a fantastic beard. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, the, the galaxy is, is really cool. I think it'll be, I think it'll be interesting to see how it actually performs because I think for, for a ship of its size, it's definitely under shielded and undergunned, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um compared to compared to the Carrick, which people have kind of been comparing as like its competitor, it has one fewer turret and one fewer shield. Um but it does have that really cool uh, rear loading hangar bay, which which that'll be cool to see how that works. And then and then obviously the modular piece in the middle, which can be either a uh, cargo bay, a med bay, or a refinery station mm-hmm. at the moment, I believe. The question that a lot of people in my Discord have been asking today, though, is they they also were selling like a, like the standalone. And then, the and then there's like the and then there's like the cargo module, the the medical module, and the refinery module. What is in the middle of the standalone? What's in the middle there? We don't Nothing. know. Nothing. Is it just a hole? Is there? I think just it's just gonna be a giant hole in the ship. Hole in the ship. <laughs> it's just a big, big giant empty hole. That that would actually be kind of funny to see. That honestly. not only would be funny, but I think it'd be cool because I think people once they had something like like jetpacks or parachutes. People start using that thing, the the empty hole as a uh, uh, as a as like a like a place to jump out of because you can that jump can through correct. the hole because there's a, there's a there's a door that goes from the hangar to that section so you can just open up the door and then everyone just jumps out through the through the through the center as they parachute down to the to, yeah. the, to the planet. Um, the amount of clips and videos for all the the new players <laughs> who don't know that and then they're like, oh, this ship's amazing! Open door, run, sprint right out, you know. Wing! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just why didn't just, you tell me you're running a bunch too fast. of them, line up a bunch of them from like atmosphere all the way to like close to the ground and, and you have to dive through and see how many you can you can get through. <laughs> yeah. Earn points, make make it a mini game, something like that. That would be <laughs> Yeah, the, the racing rings. Yes. Yeah, I could I could see I could see that. I could see that. That that could be really fun. But um yeah, I yeah, it's it's a it's a neat looking ship. I do think that um it's it's kind of a shame that you have to kind of like pick between pick between like medical or like cargo or refining because we have the Carrick and the Carrick has a ton of cargo but also has a medical bay. I don't think it has a refinery in it, but um but you you know, you kind of get both of those things whereas in the galaxy which is i think only i think it's 
16 meters shorter than yeah. the Carrick. You only get it's, to pick one. Yeah, it's um, it's 110 meters. So it's about the same yeah. size. It's actually smaller than the Hammerhead. Yeah. So, hammerhead is 115, I think. 120. It's like one. Is Hammerhead 120? Yeah, long. It's like 120, 125. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I think the I think the Carrick is 126. If, yes, if I but it's if they're both like right there. Yeah. It's like 60 meters, or uh, like like uh, it's like 60 tall, and it's like 80 across, something like that. Like the, so it's it's like a it's like about half the size, it's about the same length, but about half the like the, the height of it. Carrick is uh, Carrick is 74 wide and. 30 tall 30 tall yeah because it's it's yeah. uh it, it's like 20 tall i think is the is that so it's it's about half of two-thirds of the of the height of the carrick and then it's width yeah. is like 60 or 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 40 or something like that so it's yeah. just slightly smaller about the same length but just about like shorter and such so yeah but it but it it is a it is a gorgeous looking ship i i really like the look of that i think the biggest thing that it kind of hinges on is the implementation of modularity and i wouldn't i wouldn't mind if they would release it as you know as like just like the cargo version and then put modularity on it later because that's kind of what we have with the carrick the the caterpillar etc and people love those ships so i wouldn't mind that the famous retaliator which is uh which the base which is a bomber now but the base when you get it will have nothing in there so you you yep so all right now tree it's your turn go through the list you want to start with the galaxy (laughs) and then move your way backwards so because i know let's work our way from smallest to to largest okay so c8r um yeah c8r um we'll try and keep it brief to you i I love the cnr uh, c8r um 0311 is my initial, my first MOS. I was used to being a Marine infantryman, but I've been, ever since getting out, I've been a career paramedic and flight paramedic. So I love the C8R. It's adorable. Um, and I, I love how clean the inside looks. Um, if you, and you can definitely tell looking at it that it was the, the people who made it um, totally looked at a bunch of images of European ambulances. Uh, because it's a very clean and efficient use of space. Um, you know, it looks very white and sterile, it, very easy to move around in. You know, they, they took that and like, okay, how do we make this work inside the C8R? And so you can, I, I really appreciate that from the uh, for the devs who made it. Um, and I, I love that they kept a jump seat because it totally plays into what I think medical game pay, gameplay and SAR type gameplay will be like in that, you know, the medical bed, does have limited auto function and mm-hmm. it will be able to keep a person alive for a certain period of time so you can get them to the hospital if it's just you in the C8R. But it'll be, you know, I think it'll be kind of like mining where, okay, that'll keep them from dying, but they'll still be in like the red. If you have someone else back there, they can manage the med bed and either, you know, depending on how good they are, get them from red to orange, yellow to green. And that will be what decides your payout as far as doing the mission, you know, in order to give you a reward for bringing in an extra person for actually participating in medical gameplay versus, you know, put the, you know, person in the, the, the med bed microwave and set to three minutes. Yeah. <laughs> set to heat. Um, uh. Yeah. <laughs> um, the, the paints are also really great and that they actually made it, you know, um, in response to the other C A R 
you know, Karen, Karen drama. Will you be able to get, you know, how can we put the can't put this paint on the other one? They cleared that out. This all the paints, you know, that you can buy will be applicable to all the C8s, which is awesome. Um, and I like that they've got one that looks, you know, they've got ones that look like American ambulances. They've got ones that look like European and, you know, um, Aussie Kiwi ambulances, you know, and so I, I really thought that was uh, really well done. Um, I absolutely love the cutter. My only gripe with the cutter is that um, you go into the living space and you have to turn left and then turn right into the door into the bathroom instead of just turning the bathroom 90 degrees. So you just immediately turn left. There's a door you go into it and then using that hollow space that you had to turn left into to then turn right into the bathroom. I feel like that is the only inefficient use of space in that ship. And I'm like, why didn't they just put a um, armor suit rack in there? Because if it, you know, that that's the only way that ship could get better as a starter is if it's got, you know, armor storage or armor suit storage. Yeah. But otherwise, um, you know, it's a fantastic ship. The paints look great on it. I love all the little greeblings and the details, you know, the way they talked about how it, you know, it flies. And I've only barely gotten to use it because it's Thanksgiving week. Um, but you know, it doesn't handle well, but it does pretty well in a straight line, you know, and even with the fuel adjustments, you know, I think it has a really solid place in the, the starter lineup. Um, and it, Paul, you were talking about it, um, with space tomato about like starter ships and stuff on the the last, uh, launch sequence podcast. Mm -hmm. And I really think that it's a really good signal of what the other starter ships will, the, the feel for them when they go back and bring them up to standard. Um, I, I think it's a really good indicator of what the starter ship lineup will be um, with just, you know, as far as variation goes. And so I, I, I love it. I absolutely grabbed it for my zero to hero account. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't have anything to add to the Corsair because you absolutely nailed it. Astral. Everybody's worried about, Oh, they're going to nerf it. Like the Aries. I'm like it, the Aries has a bespoke gun. Yeah. No other ship has that gun. And so all you're doing is nerfing the <clears throat> Aries. If you touch its gun. If you t- nerf the the Corsair, you know you would have to go back and change the um, hard the item port size, the hard point yeah. sizes, or something, you know, or you know, because you can't just adjust the guns because the guns are the same ones that everyone else uses on their ships. So I think it's super safe from getting nerfed because it has lots of vulnerability. You know, um, yeah, e- even with the because it it went to two size three shields, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, <clears throat> the Corsair. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't it used to no, have just one and now it's two? One, or... No, it, it used to have two size two shields. Oh, okay. It now has more shields than one size three. So it has yeah. it has more shields. I I was very worried about it mm-hmm. when it was getting close to release and it still said two size two, because I was like, yeah. on a ship that big, two size two is not sufficient. Yeah. Yeah. Compared to the, the con and it handles stuff crazy. The, for sure. Like the, um, the MSR can get away with it because the MSR handles like a dream. Yeah. Yeah, totally. You know, I think it's it's well balanced with the you know forward facing loadout that it has, but a lot of you know uh defensive void space you know, and lack of maneuverability, you know. And like you said, if you don't bring it like like two fighters, you know, as escorts, you know, um you you can very easily find yourself in a real bad way with that thing. Um and so I, I think it's I think it's a great ship. I love all the little details in it. I think it's got a lot of versatility. Um not a you know, a daily driver, but as far as daily multi-crew being that, you know, three, four people is like the, the optimum, um, multi-crew experience, the optimate optimal co-op experience. I think it's fantastic in that role. Uh, 
Paul again to piggyback on what you and Space Command were talking about because I was literally just listening to that podcast <laughs> on my run like two hours ago. Um, but like if you look at co-op games, you know, every co-op game, you know, the the it's four people. You know, that because that's the sweet spot of getting, you know, whether it's a pickup group or the amount of people you can get in your 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 org or your Discord together to play a game. Yeah, it's four people. Corsair, four people, perfect. Three to four people, you're great. Um, the galaxy. So uh, when they released the C8R, I had already heard about it, and I was like, oh, yeah, well, maybe it'll be this IAE, maybe it won't. Um, and when they released that, and I was like, oh, they're going to release the C8R and the Galaxy. And paramedic, flight paramedic tree got just unreasonably excited um, <laughs> because because of the, you know, and, and I, I got the leaks just like everybody else, and I saw the thing from Zylo, and I was like, yeah, that is pretty pretty not cool. Um, and it sounds like that person got fired in a big way, but it, I got to give credit where credit's due so far. Everything from the leaks has been accurate. Yes. And, except for the, except for, know, the, except for the, uh, the different variant of the cutter, which is the one that I think was, was the, the Oh, sorry. I'm yeah. yeah just the galaxy. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Just the galaxy leak. Yeah. yeah. Um, but so far everything that was leaked about the galaxy, regardless of, you know, the, 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 the way it was obtained, um, has been accurate. And so, you know, hospital module with a hangar and a C8R coming out and I uh, like, you know, and, and to not incur the wrath of the cult of the Endeavor. Um, but, you know, it's the, the Endeavor, <laughs> regardless of how th- how big or not as big you think the Endeavor is going to get, it's going to be a capital class ship and a big one. And it's going to have a much larger crew than what it was initially concepted as. And for me, wanting to do a lot of medical gameplay and, you know, providing medical support in places like Pyro, Nix, because they leaked. That was part of the leak, you know, gameplay to support, you know, and then the ISC gameplay to support systems. They say lawless, but what they really mean is systems without infrastructure. Yeah. You know, and to me, that's that's my my gameplay dream is, you know four to six people going out and providing medical support. And you can do that with a galaxy and a C8R. And, you know, that, that's, that, that is everything that I've, that I've wanted. So I instantly, you know, that was an insta buy for me. Um, so yeah. yeah, I, I absolutely love that thing. The, uh, you know, I have a couple questions that have gotten asked uh, in the Q and a, so I'm looking forward to seeing that, but otherwise I think it's a really solid addition um, and a really solid concept release uh, for CIG compared to some of the other ones that haven't gone as smoothly. Um, yeah. Looking at you, C1. <clears throat> yeah, spirit. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, so far everything seems to be pretty accurate, um, you know, and other, you know, ever, otherwise, you know, very few questions about it. I love the look and I think it's just going to be you know, great for what I'm, what I'm looking to do. And I know a lot of people will think the same way, whether they're using it for cargo refining or, or something else. Um, as for the modularity, so um, I'm going to throw a lot of uh, some really ice cold water from outside my house here in Idaho. Uh, <laughs> modularity is not this big, difficult thing that everybody thinks it is. And, you know, would you like to know more? Go watch, go back and watch episode one of the Pathfinders podcast because we get a big old deep dive in this. And the only thing that modularity is waiting on is for PES to be done so that way the engineers who are working on PES can do a light refactor of the ship object container system so that way item ports in those object containers stream in and out with the object container. 
So if you look at the way, uh, the best way to explain this, um, if you saw the the salvage videos where they were salvaging, um, I think it was a C2 and an 890, mm -hmm. and they move the cursor across the different sections of the ship. And then it shows you a line as you move over to this next section, you know, and now you're you're looking at the health of this this part of the ship or that part of the ship. The ships are broken up as they're the ships are made like Legos, uh, more like Duplo, really. Yeah, the, each part, each piece, each section is its own object container. And what happened is the item ports for um, things like weapons, uh, torpedoes, in the case of the retaliator. Um, everything that attaches to the ship, those are attached to the ship. They're not attached to the item port. And so all they have to do is go back and make it so that way the item port system functions with the ship object containers. So that way, if you take it to Cousin Crows and they're going mm -hmm. to swap one module for another, the game will stream out that ship object container you know, uh, that has your cargo module in the galaxy. And then stream in the the medical module and all the item ports within those different modules will stream out and in with them because otherwise you end up uh, the way John Crew explained it is with the retaliator. What would happen is if they did it right now, the item ports for the torpedoes would still be there, and the torpedoes wouldn't go away. And so you'd have a dropship with a bunch of Marines, um, you know, sitting in the the, the dropship seats. And if you went and reloaded the damn thing or repaired it, all of a sudden you'd have torpedoes yeah. land in their laps. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, and it's it's, it's not a huge lift um, in order to get it working, and I think that's why they are releasing the, not releasing, sorry, releasing the concept for the galaxy because they know that with PES done, they can get the work done for uh, modularity. If it isn't done already, it'll be done soon, um, and then you know ship devs can go back and make the modules and literally swap them in, swap them out. Um, because the ship object containers and the way they build ships is already there. They've been doing it that way for a long time. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, the you know shameless plug, but that's what we do on uh, Pathfinder's podcast is deep dives on that stuff. We did a deep dive on on drones for the same reason because there's a whole bunch of information out there. There, if you don't watch every video five times and read everything five times, you miss stuff. Yeah, you know? it also it also I also like to to also add on to that is that CIG are engineers and technical people. And often when they speak, they speak past you because they don't know how much, you know, they don't know how much you understand of their architecture. They don't know how much you understand about their, yeah. yeah. So, so a lot yeah. of times they'll speak about something and people will not pick up on what they said because it's something that goes over their head. Uh, how CIG talks about, here's an example. No one at star citizen, no one at CIG calls, uh, squadron 42, squadron 42 or S 42. They call it squadron. So whenever you hear them talk about squadron, they're talking about squadron 42. But if you don't know what squadron 42 is, you may not know what they're talking about simply because that's just their nomenclature, their jargon that they use inside the office and how they talk in the inter office communications. Whenever you hear them say squadron 42, you know, they're talking to the general public because they know they're going to be talking to people and that the people they're listening to are not going to do that. That's just a small example of the kind of things they talk about, which you can often talk past you. And I, I will say the Pathfinder's podcast is fine. Just remember that it's very long. I think some of them are like four hours <laughs> <Yeah>. long. <laughs> oh yeah. No, it's, if you it's in depth. So mm -hmm. yeah, 
in depth. And then if you don't want to listen to it, you can go to the description in the YouTube and just go to the show notes and yeah. read the stuff we're talking about. Cause we, we put make show notes. So all the, everything that I'm reading or talking to you about in the podcast is in written form somewhere else. They, all yeah. I'm doing is regurgitating the stuff that we have found from CIG uh, with a little bit of subjective opinion at the end. Yeah. Uh, all right. I'll, I'll, I'll go over my, my list. The cutter is an ugly piece of shit and I love it. It is, <laughs> it is a shit box and we needed a shit box starter. It's a shit box starter. It's exactly what you need for a shit box starter. It is the most, it's the most Drake thing that ever is draked next to the, next to, next to the, uh, course. I, I, for, for one thing for, uh, in reality, uh, people talk about how John crew hates, hates Drake. He doesn't hate Drake. He just <clears> thinks Drake is ugly and he understands the, the aesthetic of Drake, which is, it's ugly. It's, it's utilitarian. It's garbage, but it's cheap garbage. And that's why people love it. <laughs> um, Unless it's called the Cutlass Steel, then it's expensive garbage. <laughs> it's expensive garbage. The, the, the Cutlass Steel, <laughs> I, I will fight to the death to say that the Cutlass Steel is the most Drake thing that has ever released, simply, <laughs> simply because it is overpriced, it is basically just taking a bunch of jump seats and welding them to the to the back of a Drake and a cutlass, and then slapping some guns on that thing. It is entirely ad hoc. Some some inverse. Some engineer, you know, got drunk with two other engineers and came up with it. <laughs> Probably ex marines were just like, "Let's just do this. Fuck it. Why not?" And then just assembled it in a, a, in, a, in, a, in a night. And then uh, the seat, like and an Arden walked in and was like. Sell that thing. How much does that cost you? Uh, this market up 200% and sell it on the market tomorrow. We're good. Uh, <laughs> it's that. Uh, but, and uh, an Arden, big fan, by the way. I, <laughs> I really like the addition of an additional CEO to the lineup, you know, yeah. on screen. And he's great. Yeah, I, I, love, cool. I love that. Um, but uh, the it's overpriced as shit and, and, and it's yeah. terrible, terrible pricing on CIG's part, but perfect otherwise. Uh, but the, 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 I'll talk about the Corsair as well. The Corsair has always been a ship that I've been looking forward to, not in as a, like a, oh my God, it's a great ship, but uh, I can't wait for it. But I was looking forward to it because it is an example of how Drake does ships and how your average person will experience that sort of exploration thing. Cause the thing that a lot of people don't understand is that yes, it explores other people's uh, other people's cargo holds, but it also has an insane amount of range for its size and has some really decent uh, things. It's got, it's got a table. Yeah. Like it's got a, it's got a picnic <laughs> table. Like that's, that's one of those things. It's, it's, it's basically a table from the, the, the Caterpillar, but it's the same kind of like, it's got a table. Yeah. How many places, how many ships have a table? And that kind of shows you like the planning that this, this is ship is designed to do. It's designed to go, way out there it's not coming back for weeks months years at a time it's going to go out to a place and it's going to stay there and be there for whatever reason maybe exploring maybe it's exploring other people's cargo holds it doesn't matter it's just <laughs> it's a long range sort of ship and it's the kind of ship that you need to have for something like pyro which is three times the size of stanton when it comes to uh to its just circumference so just travel is going to take a long time and so i think that's what yeah. really emphasizes that like like that distance is going to be a thing in the future. Well, um, it's and it's nice to it's nice to get Drake ships with interiors that are like that are like modern designs because the Cutlass mm. 
uh, because like the only Drake ships we've had that actually have interiors uh, until now have been the Cutlass and the Caterpillar, which are both old. Yeah, and and the and, the, the Herald, but the Herald's also old. Yeah, you know, people forget that Herald I, exists. I, I completely <laughs> forgot the Herald exists. I'm I'm gonna I'm be honest, but uh, yeah. but yeah, just seeing the the Cutter, the Corsair, and the Vulture, which I'm also very excited for. Um, oh yeah, just like the the just like completely terrible interiors. Uh, but they're so much more detailed and and make more sense than than the ones we have. So hopefully, hopefully at some point in the future, we'll also get uh, just a polish pass on on those older Drake shifts to bring yeah. them up to a modern standard. Uh, when it comes to C8R, it's perfect. No notes. It's perfect. Yeah. Um, the the only thing it makes me want now is I want an Ursa that is an ambulance. That's uh, just mm. yeah. You know. Well, especially so, since they showed it in the concept art for the galaxy, and it's got a lift perfectly sized for an Ursa. For an Ursa, you know, yeah. Medical yeah. Ursa, get, you medical know, do Ursa. it now. Maybe there'll uh, be a especially... medical variant of the Lynx because well, they're also yeah. working. They're making their work on the Lynx right now. Yeah, yeah. do it. Um, and when it comes to the galaxy, <clears throat> I agree. I know, I know gin and tonics in chat and, and was, and we had a conversation about this. I agree with everything that tree said. I just don't think it's going to be a very valuable, um, a very valuable ship for most people in the professions that they want. So like, for instance, the medical variant is great. It's perfect. It's the, the C8R is 100% designed to work with the galaxy. They came up with those two things at the same time. It's obvious. <laughs> they came up with those at the same time. Like, the, like the hover quad and the nomad, like the uh, like the, the like the Ursa and the uh, and the constellation, they were designed together. Uh, I just think that there are more efficient ships for the roles for those roles. Um, oh yeah, the, yeah. The Expanse, the yeah. the the, uh, the Apollo, like they all all are more efficient in terms of size. The thing that makes the galaxy unique is that the galaxy is a Swiss Army knife. Yes, do you want to you want to be a, 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 a you know run a, run a rural hospital at the back of your ship? Perfect, boom. But then your buddy's like, "Hey, I got a bunch of uh, friends together. We're gonna go mining." You'd be like, "Cool, I got you, fam." Slap on a refinery. Now you're suddenly your your industrial refinery ship. You know, you swapped out your your CADR for an Argo Argo MPUV, and you're running you're running uh, you know stuff everywhere, and uh, you know anything you want to do. Uh, that's it's it's secret it, it's it's gameplay and they've even hinted at things like the secret manufacturing sauce. module yeah it's the manufacturing module there's yeah. literally nothing they couldn't do with that the same thing the reason why on the info runners we'll always talk about how the caterpillar is a sleeper because we don't even know the modules that the cat- caterpillar will have in the future and that's going to make it much more diverse and, and interesting as as you add modulars to the game and I get the people's kind of concerns about modularity. We know that modularity is being worked on. And as Tree said, generally speaking, he's right about that, uh, about, uh, about that stuff. Um, it's also, if you they did to, everything they needed for it to get it to work for squadron 42 already. Yeah. So yeah, we, and, we are, they haven't forgotten about it. I promise. <laughs> the other thing that they did was they need to have that interior uh, item port working <clears throat> for uh, resource management. Because they need to have the resource management system yeah. working for that to happen as well. Because you could have it's, it's part of the same system, so that's kind of the the two sides of that same coin. 
Uh, let's move back. I'll have you start this one, Tree. Overall, your thoughts on IA this year, and I'll step. We'll be right back. Um, I've only gotten to see the show floor like two, three times now out of the whole thing, just because of scheduling and and the holidays. Um, I they they I think it was an ISC where they were t- before I, I forget which one, um, but they did talk about how they did a whole bunch of work on the IA show floor in order to update it, you know, bring it to a, a, a higher level, of, a higher standard, um, make things work more functionally as far as lighting bugs and the quality of the lighting, the sound. Um, one thing that um, someone, I think it was in Paul's Discord, mentioned is that the video, the commercials that play on the various TV screens are the right commercials for the day, <laughs> or the, the ship manufacturer day. And that's like... <laughs> It's a little thing, but it's it shows a level of detail that I think is really great. Um, that being said, uh, and again, I'm going to piggyback on a thing that Paul was talking about before on a recent captain's table is um, if you are you know old man backer and you've been to um, IAE every year for years, uh, you've seen ninety percent of the ships, and there's literally nothing new. Um, so I, like, I, I went to the show floor to see the, the cutter and the Corsair, um, and I went to the show floor to see the C8R, um, and, and that's been it for me. And so it doesn't really offer, uh, I, I doesn't really offer that much to, to old man backer. Um, I do think that, and I'm not going to go on a rant repeating what Zark said, but I do think that they, they do need to add more to the, the event. Um, you know, so whenever, whatever that system's called that manages the events, whenever they, you know, click button to turn on IAE, mm-hmm. I do think they need to add more to it. So that way there's gameplay associated with it, like they do for Invictus launch week in order to get people like me to, to come in besides just to go look at the show floor. Cause it, it, it doesn't hold much uh, allure to me. Um, the only other thing I do different and it's not going to happen next year and maybe it'll happen the year after is when are we going to get a new IAE location? Yeah, and yeah, I, I want IAE on Sherman. That, that's all I yeah. care about at this point. Um, even if they redo the whole IAE thing for Lorville 2.0, um, okay, it's still Lorville. Yeah. Uh, as much as I'm looking forward to new Lorville, it's still Lorville. We've still been there. I, I'm looking forward to seeing a IAE location at uh, a new satellite location. The, the actual location is supposed to be in, you know, like the, like yeah, Severus. Yeah. I yeah. want to go to, to Kiel and, and yeah. see the, the real grande one on that giant tarmac that they have in the, the concept art where it's just, you know, a, an old airport as far as you can see with nothing but IAE ships. And you know, yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, or, or even Magnus, I'd love to see Drake host a Magnus one on Berea. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to uh, our home. Watch out for the needles on the ground. Yeah. <laughs> Step over the couple of the 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 the, the half passed out uh, drug addicts and uh, keep moving. Don't don't they're don't working take tours. on <laughs> they're working on the hobo AI and yeah. uh, for the game, so it's going to be a thing. How about how about your thoughts on the Jax videos in general? Have you watched those at all? Oh God, oh, gosh, I can't believe I forgot about that. Yeah, so good. <laughs> those are so much fun. Um, and. The uh, I'm not going to spoil this last one if you haven't seen it, but go see it right now. But it, literally, I I, I I I panicked out loud in front of my family um, during this last one 
because I was like, no, we can't get hurt. And yeah, yeah, it was um, it's so good. Uh, the only concern I have is what do they do to top it going forward? Because I, yeah. I think these are fantastic. Every day you get a one minute little clip to follow this saga. And, you know, OK, you can do that again next year. Sweet. You know, fun. But, you know, they're always trying to take things to the next level every year. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that's a I, I to, in my opinion I think it's a really that's a a tall order to be like okay how do we how do we one up this you know how do we yeah. one up ourselves next year yeah uh, Astro Gemini your thoughts overall with IAE um <clears throat> I think IAE has been pretty fun this year um I I definitely think it's it's been a little more exciting than last year obviously we've got the the Whitley's Guide stuff that has been kind of ramping up in excitement and stuff so that's been really cool because last year we only got like like three or four videos total of the whitley's guide throughout iae so it's been nice to get you know a different one every day having something kind of tangentially to do with the manufacturer that has uh that is there that day um and i also like the the drake sponsored IAE going into because last year last year it was all just blue and white which everything in microtech is already blue and white but walking in and seeing everything be like the black and red drake colors um is is a really is a nice change um i think just visually it's a lot more striking and more impressive than it was last year um i feel like some days of IAE are more impressive than other days. I think Origin and Aegis definitely have the best displays just because you walk in and there's just that enormous ship. Like they've got the Reclaimer right there in the middle on Aegis Day, which is just gigantic. It takes up the whole room. And the same with Origin, the 890 jump, just towering over the entire room. And then you walk in on like RSI Day and it's just like four constellations and some auroras, and you're like, you're kind of like, oh, okay, cool, yeah, neat. Um, so I think, I I don't know. I feel like I feel like some some manufacturers just don't have like enough stuff, and that that'll change as the game evolves and goes forward, and as more ships come out. But I feel like. I feel like it would be nice for like every manufacturer to have like at least one like really big ship in the game that can be kind of like a centerpiece for their display. Give it that wow factor because even even me like like I have I've I own an eight ninety jump. I own a reclaimer. I've flown in them countless times both, but just walking in. But it's different being like flying it around in space than walking into a hall and having a bunch of other smaller ships next to it and just seeing the sheer gale, how absolutely colossal those ships are inside this hall. And I, and I think that like other manufacturers could really do having some, have something like that. I mean, Mm -hmm. like Anvil has the Carrick, which is, which is also pretty big. It's not, it's not quite as big, but it's still, pretty impressive but like i said rsi has pretty much nothing um drake last year only had like the caterpillar as like the biggest thing and then and then just like four cutlasses 
Um, the the alien ships are all pretty small, like the biggest one that we have flyable being the Prowler, uh, but that's still pretty small. So um, I I'm I'm really hoping, and and I know that I know that people at CIG, if they if they hear me say this, they're going to be like, "No way! What are you talking about?" But I feel like I personally would like would like just like instead of like instead of like 10 like small ships released in a year i would be i think i would be happier with just like four like really big ones because yeah. i like big i like big ships i just think that you the way that you like big ships does, and you cannot lie Is that yeah i like big ships and i cannot lie and <laughs> the other um, brother who can't deny <laughs> <laughs> But like, but like, I I think that one thing that Star Citizen does so well is like because we can walk around the ships, we can get out on the planets, we can walk around inside them. It does such a great job at selling the scale of those ships, and I and there's not really any other game that does that. And like, there's like there's plenty of games that there's plenty of games that let you get in like a, a plane or a fighter and fly around and shoot things pew pew or like, or like race. But I, I feel like star citizen is the only game that lets you get in these just absolutely colossal ships and mm -hmm. fly them around. I, I feel like for me and for, for a lot of other people see having seen videos of these massive ships with the detailed interiors and the stuff like that is what drew me to the game in the first place and and so i i feel like e even though it might take more you know development time i we need more ships like that and i i know that um i know that in uh in the star citizen live a little while ago they said that they were trying to decide if they were going to like keep working on the bandit merchant man or shelve it for a while mm -hmm. but i think they real. i think they really should we need we need another great big ship like that in the game also give us the idris and the kraken please <laughs> <laughs> how about your thoughts please. on how the thoughts on the jacks videos have you, have you comment on that i love them i love them so much i mean i i've been a big fan of top gear since i was a kid and and the Whitley's guide is it's space top gear. Mm -hmm. It's it's fantastic. So um seeing these little little episodic little moments has been has been really, really great. And I think the the other thing that they did that they've done really well is kind of showing off the like people and cultures of Pyro and kind of Showing off because because a lot of people a lot of people think oh yeah Pyro is just full of violent criminals and stuff like that, but uh, but I think we've seen you know through Jax's eyes there are there are some people who are very violent there are some people who are very friendly and and are just you know they they live in this lawless system but they they're just kind of doing their best to to survive and help each other and stuff like that and so when he was in that bar all i could think is like i i i've been there that that's in thailand i swear to god <laughs> yeah with the two people just arguing over just absolute dumb shit and trying to mm -hmm. like, going out to go kill each other yeah oh and i can't wait to get my little thor shoe crabs and put them in the the the, yeah. the tank in my hangar and, and feed them stuff yeah <laughs> Uh, fun fact that is entirely uh accurate with the uh with the thorshoe crabs the thorshoe crabs 
are inte- incredibly territorial. And the way that they, they, they mark their territory is they have these very shiny, they make the, they collect shiny things and attach it to themselves. So then they make themselves as bright as possible. So, because Thorshoe crabs will, in, when they're pets, they will climb out of the tank and just go fuck up like, like good China and shit like that because they think it's a, another crab that's trying to, uh, like, so like they'll, they'll attack like random electronics because they think it's a, another crab that's trying to, uh, 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 like kid in his territory. So a bunch of Thorshoes just getting inside of a, a, a like a, a mule or a raft and just ripping things apart makes total sense. So if that could be a, a thing associated with a, um, a probability volume on certain planets where like, if you park your ship for too long on this planet, you know, or, or this region biome of this planet, there is a chance that, you know, that, you know, Thorshoe crabs will come and start, you know, causing damage. Yeah. Oh gosh, that would be hysterical. You know, especially like you, 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 you go back in your ship, you open it up and just crab jumps out at you. Yeah. Oh God. It has suddenly become a horror game. (laughs) I I would literally play with, you know, a a catheter at that point. Cause there's no way. (laughs) I end up eating myself. I'll be right back, chat. <laughs> uh, um, all right. I guess I guess it's my turn to do this. I, I will say, as I always say, I've been to plenty of conventions, even like car shows. No car show or convention is ever just cars. No convention, like a gaming convention is never just games. It's like every single convention I've been to, car shows, gaming conventions, nerd conventions, there's always a recruitment booth. There is always a recruitment booth because if it's a convention, you're guaranteed to get young people. If you're guaranteed to get young people, recruiters got quotas to make. So they're going to be there to try to use that, use that as as an example. So that's just an example. So you could have that at a, at a, at a convention. You obviously can't join, but you could get, if you have someone there who's like, Hey, would you like to join? And to kind of try to chalk it up and all that kind of stuff, give you all of the, the, the promises that will never be able to make it. You won't actually be able to sign up, but um, but, have like food vendors. They always yeah. have like a, like an artist's alley sort of thing. Yeah. Artist alley. You'd have, you'd have various other like, ex- like accessories. So like components and, uh, and weapons, um, maybe space suits, you know, you might have something like that. Some, so like you need beyond just the main hall, there needs to be some sort of like convention area, like, like area where you can go buy stuff, you know, even like little souvenirs, like an RSI booth that sells you little, little, uh, little squishy, uh, little plushy, uh, auroras, something like that, you know, celebrity NPCs to take screenshots with, uh, NPCs doing cosplay. Yeah. Like I, I want an NPC of what is her name? Heidi, Heidi something who does all the amazing 3d prints, you know, I want to see her and, and Diabolus in game, you know, doing their, doing cosplay stuff, you know, (laughs) Exactly. That would be awesome. Uh, uh, <coughs> yes. Join the UE and get a Mustang at 20, 27% APR. <laughs> oh my gosh. The audacity of that accuracy. <laughs> uh, the, I think that is the closest thing to the challenger that we have. So uh, in Star Citizen. So that is 100% on, on brand. Um, but uh, that's those sorts of things. And, and I know like this is asking for more work, but I know CIG wants more immersive and they just have, they've, they've got the like vendor AI down. 
if they could do it next year, if they could do that and <clears> have <throat> a little vendor alley with you can talk to people and just some canned lines, it would be a lot of work, but you would not have to do that work anymore because once you've got it done, you can use it for all of the conventions you have from now on. So it's like a, a forward work. It's one of those things that CID has been doing, which is get stuff done that we don't have to work on in the future, get it done and get it in, in, in the bank. That's something you could do. You don't have to work on that AI anymore, but obviously other things got to happen too. Um, and yes, as Cupan says, I'd love to see Jimmy just walking through the, the show floor. <laughs> like, is that Jimmy? Like, a, like a, where's Wally? Where's, where's Waldo? Like, this, there's the Jimmy. Where's Jimmy? Um, That'd be great. Oh, man. Yeah, the amount of unhealthy attachment I have to, to Jimmy, like a book character. <laughs> <laughs> you can't hurt Jimmy. Don't, don't, don't do it to me, I won't make it. Between, I mean, between last year and this year, yeah. Um, with Jimmy. He's such a good character. I, I love people who call him call him uh, call him Kirkland St- uh, Stig, but uh, like he's got so much more personality than Stig ever had. So, <laughs> uh, but um, that I think overall it's been okay. It's definitely not for me because I've been to every single IAE at the floor of every single IAE. I remember when it was just a giant hangar. <clears throat> they just put ships in a giant hangar and you walked around it. It was great. Um, they could do more things to it. The sales are okay. And I think the last major one I was going to say is just the Jack stuff. I love mm. it. More of it, please. Um, but you could also do more than like, the thing is Jax is great. Don't get me wrong, but there are plenty of other things you could do angles. You could do with, uh, with that sort of Whitley's guide or that co- sort of like discussion thing. Yeah. The nerd in me, the Lord nerd in me is like, you could have some sort of like like documentary style thing that's going on that talks about the new ship that came out. You do like a two, three minute little snippet of like the history of this ship that just came out. Um, like the Whitley's Guide in the Jump Points? Yeah, like the Whitley's Guide Do we get that in game? Yeah. Because the, the Whitley's Guide and the Jump Points are multiple pages long of really great lore that is mm-hmm. really impactful in the game and it doesn't make it into the game. And never makes it into the game or barely even gets released yeah. to the public. Beyond, uh, yeah. Some of them are still have been were written like four years ago and still haven't made it into like a, an, a like a post. Mm-hmm. It yep. would be cool if we could get like like episodes of Whitley's Guide playing on like screens and stuff in yeah. the game. In as game. Well. That would be yeah. great. Um, I'll see what else I was going to say. Uh, you could also do things like um, there are plenty of references like astromedics. Right. Astromedics is this, this long running television or movie series about uh, two people who crew a Apollo. And it's, it's this, 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 this action drama series of movies that's existed. Just film a couple of scenes of Astromedics and put it in, in, oh, in the game. Yeah. You know, it'd be fantastic. I mean, I'm pretty sure that's what they'll do with, with the commercial, yeah. the commercial for the Apollo when it comes out. It's just going to yeah. be a scene from Astromedics, but I can't wait for the Apollo. I love the look of the Apollo. It looks fantastic. So my, my head cannon, and I have no way of confirming if this is real or not, but I really think that Astromedics is heavily influenced and inspired by the old TV show Emergency yeah, that basically probably. like pioneered EMS and paramedicine um, in, in the U.S. And you know, when you when you read about it, you're like, oh, my gosh, you know, especially if you're in my line of work, you're like, yeah, this is this is totally this. But for Star Citizen. And yeah. yeah, I would totally love to see that. Love to see that. You know, because the the original actors from Emergency show up to cons all the time for, for different things. 
holy crap, you could have the original actors from the original emergency series show up and do a signing at IAE, you know, yeah, and sit at a booth, stuff. you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You, you, yeah. you go buy your, your little, you know, in-game copy of the, the, you know, a magazine or the movie or whatever, yeah. you know, and go have them sign it. And now you have it, you know, to, to display in your ship. Yeah. Mantooth, Blue, Blue Z0887. I for, oh, can never remember the guy's name. But yeah. <laughs> one of the, his last name was something, you know, is something Mantooth, the most ridiculous 70s name there ever was. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I mean, th- things like that are nice little additions um, for mm-hmm. videos. Uh, but the Jack stuff is great. It's perfect. It's it's yeah. character driven. It's it's totally Jack's. Everything has been Jack's McCleary down to down to like him crashing everything. <laughs> um, Literally everything. Uh, All the everything. Things. All the things. Uh, and I, I think I think people. I think he's getting a little bit of flanderization because he doesn't actually crash that often. But I think he's just <laughs> crashing a lot because it's Jack's in. The concept of Jack's of doing because he always like oh we used to do this in Whitley's Guide all the times like yeah because you were on a closed track and yeah. you <laughs> you had people you don't have people now in Pyro Jacks yeah. yeah what's um, the um the MSR video that we got the first two bits <clears throat> for and we're still waiting um oh uh reunion yeah when when yeah I when I, I need closure yeah yeah we haven't even met the the Banu guy and I already have uh. Uh, unhealthy Attachment. attachments <laughs> to Na- to Maz. Yeah. Maz is, yeah. is great in the, in the, in the lore and the stories. He's great. Maz is a, is, mm-hmm. is, he's a, he's a sarcastic hacker, which is the best part about Maz, Maz's yeah. personality. A yeah. brand new I, hacker. I have, I have role played him in so many different TTRPGs, you know, yes. that, that, that character type, you know? Uh, yeah. Overall, I think it was good. Uh, I think, I think we're, the advantage of where we are is that it's not worse than it used to be. It's not better than it used to be, but it's slightly better and kind of on the yeah. heel. So the only place they can go from here is up. Mm-hmm. And with the if they go down, we have a big problem. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, I, think, I think we're on a we're on the ascent rather than the the you know an even planar ascent rather than a dis, like a, like a like a downturn. And I don't see them being able to go down from here. Uh, but yeah, that's I think that's that's it. We're going to cover that because we've been an hour and ten minutes talking about IAE, but it was good. That's what we needed to talk about. Uh, we'll move on to the question and answer session. If you're watching this after the fact, don't worry because the question and answer session is going to be right all live already. If you're watching this on YouTube, it'll be right above Tree uh, and his shiny shiny head right there. Will be uh, will be a little link that you can click and you can go watch that question and answer session right now. Uh, and if you're listening to this on the podcast, it's already up, ready for you to go to click right on over if you need to. Um, but thank you to tree. Make sure you go to tree zero three eleven at tree at tree zero three eleven on YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, and Astral Gemini, Astral Space Gemini on YouTube, um, uh, and Twitch, and or just Astral Gemini on Twitch and all yeah. sorts of things. Uh, and if you want to join us live, 3 p.m. Uh, Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern on Saturdays, come join us live and ask your own questions. We'd love to hear, hear you here there. And as always, I want to hear your thoughts on all of this in the comments below on YouTube. And for those of you on, YouTube, on Twitch, ask questions. We have the questions thing you're open. And like I say every time, hope to see you someday in the black.